Episode 319 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Semenoff. We continue our interviews with Wichita mayoral primary candidate this week with Lily Wu, who you probably know from her days as a television reporter and anchor at Cake Channel 10 and most recently at KWCH Channel 12. I'll ask about jumping from reporting about City Hall to wanting to lead it. Lily Wu joins me in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is a look at Wu and the other candidates running for Wichita mayor. We asked each of them an admittedly long set of questions about why they're running and what their priorities would be, especially in business around our fair city. The cover story, which includes their responses, begins on page 12. This week's list is assisted living facilities. See who tops the list by number of beds and read about the demand for wellness programs inside those facilities. The list is on page six. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 20. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Lily Wu is with me today. She's another mayoral candidate, and we're doing podcasts with all of them over the next month or so. Lily, thanks for being with me today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to talk with you and share my vision with you. You're a television reporter by heart, by trade. I'm dying to know what it's like being on the other side, running for mayor. Well, I can tell you that I have been nonstop since the moment I left the last station I worked at. And so I have been trying to do the job of mayor even now. And that is really going all over the city, really listening to people and just having the opportunity to do more of what I love, which is sharing all the good things that are happening in our community, but also working on the challenges and being at the table so that I can be aware and be a better representative. And so I think it's really being able to just know Wichita even more. But for the last 12 years as a reporter, I have been all mm-hmm. over the city. Right. I want to ask you about your background, and, and we will get to that. But I am, I'm really curious, as a reporter turned candidate, what was it that made you want to run for mayor? And were there things you saw as a reporter that you thought, ah, that, that frustrates me? Absolutely. You know, as a reporter, I have had the opportunity to listen to a lot of people from different backgrounds and experiences. And what I had been hearing and still hear now is there's a lot of partisan bickering and unethical behavior. Mm -hmm. Those are the two main things. And I've heard that and I can see myself being able to help with those two really major problems with local government. And I think the experience that I bring from my journalism background will transfer very well into City Hall. How so? Sure. So for the last 12 years as a reporter, I've had to gather facts. I've had to reveal truth. I've had to show you how I transparently get those facts and bring them to you. And then I try to stay away from giving my opinion on those. And a lot of people don't know what my opinions are because that's the job of a journalist. 
you're supposed to bring the facts and not color it. And I think that that's also the role of being a mayor. The mayor represents all of this city, not just one faction of a group of people. And I think that that's where, as a journalist, those skills can be transferred over to City Hall. And I think if more people could clearly communicate and be more transparent in how we prioritize, how we get information, we would be in a better spot where there wouldn't be so much partisanship and politicizing situations that don't need to be. Mm -hmm. So there's some intentionality for, you know, Lily Wu campaign signs that say all for Wichita and uh, the, the collaborative nature of your campaign, I guess. Yes. You know, I am just so grateful to Wichitans because I was invested on by this community. I'm a product of this community. I've been here for 30 years. I came here as an eight-year-old to Wichita, Kansas, and I've called this my home and continues to be my home, and my parents live here. So this will continue to be my effort to give back to a community that has given me so much. And so it's not a slogan all for Wichita. It really is who I am, how I've always operated. And I always believe that when you are all for Wichita, Wichita will truly be all for you because Wichita will show you the opportunities that are here. And those opportunities are often shown by people. And so all for Wichita is, if you're all in, Wichita will be all in for you too. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to get into your background. Um, you, not a lot of people probably know, you are Asian, but you were born in Guatemala. Tell that story of, of how you got to the U.S. and how you got to Wichita. Absolutely. That one is so much fun. I love telling people where I'm from. I love that question. I don't take offense to when someone asks me, where are you from? I proudly say I'm from Wichita, Kansas. And when I'm in the coast, people ask, oh, okay, well, that's not necessarily what I wanted to ask you. So where were, where were you born then? And then I say, Antigua, Guatemala. And then they hear my voice and they say, you were born in Central America? Yes, my first language was Spanish. So then I know what they want to ask me. What they want to ask me is this question, and often people don't know how to ask it. And it's okay not to know how to ask, but be inquisitive about it. And you want to know what my ethnic background is. Mm -hmm. So my ethnicity is Chinese. So my parents left China in 1983 in the hopes of one day coming to America. They had this dream of providing a better future for the kids they didn't even have yet. So they decided to go to Guatemala to create a life there. They were small business owners. And so they- What did they do? Yes, they owned a small variety store. Mm -hmm. So my mom and my dad would buy products in the capital city of Guatemala City. Then they would bring those products back to this small town, Antigua, and then they would sell them. So we had things from uh, clothing items to food items, but my parents, I saw their hard work. They traveled, they didn't have a car, so they traveled by bus and brought boxes full of items to sell in this small town. So I know how difficult it is to set up a life where you don't know the language. They didn't know Spanish and they created a life there. But then they also knew they wanted to come to America. And so the legal immigration process takes a while. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather lived in Wichita, Kansas. So he was our sponsor to come to Wichita. But again, it takes years. And so they continued setting up their life there. They had my brother, Carlos Wu, 
He does not speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, Carlos and I were both born in Guatemala, and we were raised there. And then in 1993 is when we came to Wichita, Kansas. I was eight years old, and I didn't speak English, only Spanish and Chinese. And I still remember my very first day of school not understanding my teacher, not understanding the language. And I begged my mother to take us back home. Mm -hmm. What school were you at? Were you I at? went to Ray Woodman Elementary okay. and also Lawrence. So Lawrence was where they had a great ESL program. So mm -hmm. I was bused there. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Southwest Wichita. Um, but as a new immigrant, they wanted you to go to a, a school that really focused on language. So I went to Lawrence. And at Lawrence is where that very first day of school. And mom reminded me, this is our new home. And because of that, I knew I had to quickly take a leadership role because I knew that I would have to become the main translator for my family. So I learned English, yes, through Wichita Public Schools, proud product, mm -hmm. um, but also by watching television. I watched uh, the six o'clock news on Channel 3 and then Wheel of Fortune. The station you never worked at. I was an intern there okay. as a young teenager. So <laughs> I can technically say I've worked at all three TV, major TV stations locally. I see. Okay. <laughs> Trying to think of who the anchors would have been back in the early 90s. Well, Melissa. Sierra Scott was still there at that okay. time. And I remember still helping bring the flowers that she got from uh, some viewers. And um, I love the w people in our community because I learned so much from them. And as a teenager, I still remember, wow, these are the people I saw on TV and I'm working next to them. It was the Olympics time. So just knowing that these are people that are accessible in our community in Wichita, Literally, people are accessible. And as a reporter, anytime I've had to pick up the phone, someone will answer and they will be available to me. And I think that that's, again, back to the role of mayor, I will be able to pick up the phone and ask questions. So despite the fact that people might say, um, what type of experience does she have? I have the experience of picking up the phone and not being afraid to ask and say, I don't know, can you help me? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to miss the opportunity to, to talk up Wichita Public Schools. I'm also a proud graduate and an advocate for 259. Uh, you went through the East High IB program. Talk a little bit about, you know, still not having been in the U.S. all that long, going through a really tough program like that. Yeah. Back to people again, because at Truesdale Middle School, which was my neighborhood school, I would walk to Truesdale. Um, I had a school psychologist there who tested me for the gifted program. Stephanie Sorensen not only tested me for that, but she took me under her wing and she started teaching me about this community and she showed me educational opportunities. And that's why I am such a big advocate for seeing challenges as opportunities. And for me, that educational opportunity was the thing that really changed the trajectory of my life. She showed me the IB program, the International Baccalaureate program. And had it not been for her, I wouldn't have known about it. And that program allowed me to be a critical thinker, to be more community-minded, to be a global citizen while being in Wichita, Kansas. So I had a very international um, curriculum that I uh, studied. And I was a nerd growing up, especially in high school. I spent more time in the library. And I think that 
I tried to make really good choices, and when opportunities came and I saw those opportunities, I ran with them and I worked hard towards those goals that I had, and the IB program was one of them. I graduated in 2003 with both my USD 259 degree from Wichita East High, Go Blue Aces, uh, and it's my 20th high school reunion ah. coming up and 100th anniversary of East High, so everyone needs to come out in October, Right. Um, but proud East High grad and then proud IB program graduate. Mm -hmm. uh, then you decided to go to Wichita State, and I want to ask about the decision to get into journalism and, and television news. Talk, talk about why you went that direction. You know, as a little girl, that eight-year-old always remembered watching those anchors and reporters and seeing them as out-of-classroom teachers, and I wanted to aspire to be like them. And so in the back of my head, I always wanted to be a journalist. And so in high school, I interned at Channel 3. I also interned at a station that no longer is around, KTQW Channel 53, uh, owned by the Garveys. Mm -hmm. And I had a small little segment called Kidding Around Wichita with Lily Wu, where we would highlight community events that focused around young people. And so I had my entree into uh, that field and I worked for the newspaper at East High and so I, I was developing that but I was also developing my love for business. In high school I was involved with DECA mm -hmm. and Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas and those two organizations developed my second passion which was in business. So when I had the opportunity to compete for the Gore Scholarships at Wichita State, I won, and I was so grateful for that opportunity, but that also gave me the opportunity to major in two different uh, colleges, one in international business and one in integrated marketing communication. So I bring those two passions of communications and business into who I am as a coll collegiate student mm -hmm. and then now as a young professional. What did you learn about life from a newsroom? I asked this question of Jared Cerullo earlier. Uh, I, I've always been an advocate that, that you grow up really fast in a newsroom as a young reporter. Yeah. Um, I still remember being that rookie reporter in September of 2010 um, and being very green, not knowing a lot. and not being afraid to ask questions. As a reporter, you have to ask questions. You have to ask tough questions. You also don't know everything. And I think that's good to acknowledge that you won't know everything, but you're trying to learn and you're trying to listen and you're trying to understand. And so what I learned in newsrooms is don't be afraid to ask the tough questions. Don't be afraid to be the person that doesn't know. And really, there are people in, in the newsroom that want to help. And especially in Wichita, I really believe that it's the people that just want to be helpful and help you grow. Because my first opportunity in TV was through a mentor, Larry Hatterberg. Right. And he heard a presentation I gave at a Rotary Club. And he then decided, would you like to come and take a tour of Cake News? And I said, sure. And as someone that is always studious and likes to write notes, I was taking notes, and by the end of that uh, tour, he offered me a job opportunity. And I didn't know that was, a, it was an informal job interview. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to the people of Wichita, 
people of Wichita are some of the most amazing people in the United States of America. And we need to share that because we don't have mountains or oceans. But you know what we have? We have some really great people in Wichita. Mm -hmm. Uh, who are some other leaders? Larry has been a great mentor to many people in, the, in, in journalism over the years, but who are some of the other leaders that you, and what kind of leadership qualities have you learned from people in media over the years? Yeah, um, people in media, specifically, I will share this because today is um, his retirement. Larry Buell of Cake News is a photojournalist, and I learned a lot from him. So a lot of people don't see him in front of the camera, and you won't know maybe who he is, but I can tell you anyone who has worked in this field for the past 40 years knows Larry Buell mm -hmm. as one of the kindest people, most giving individuals, and is wanting people to learn and be better. And he helped me become a better journalist, a better reporter, and really a photojournalist because I didn't have that background. At Cake News, I was a reporter for nine. And then at KWCH, I was a multimedia journalist. So I shot my own star stories, I edited them, and then I reported on them. And Larry was that person that really took me under his wing and showed me throughout the nine years how to shoot the stories, edit the stories, so that the storytelling is matching with the reporting that we're giving to the community. Mm -hmm. uh, take me to the point where you fir at first thought, I might like to give politics a run in, in the mayor's race. I really was thinking about how is this role supposed to help Wichita? And as mayor, I've always thought that this role should be a leader, an ambassador, and a marketer. And when I see that role, I match the criteria that this role should be because I've served in the capacity of an ambassador for the city of Wichita. I was a Rotary Ambassadorial Scholar in Hong Kong and I gave presentations in both English and Chinese and I gave that those presentations about Wichita, about the story of Wichita and my own story. So I served as an ambassador in my 20s and then really being a marketer, Everywhere I go, even as a reporter, it's to highlight the good things that are happening in our community, but also highlighting some of the realities, the, the tough stories. So I, I think that the role of mayor, again, is one person on a council of seven, and it's equal voting power. And I'm trying to remind people of what is that role really? What is the power of the mayor? And the power of the mayor is to unite people. And it's to unite Wichitans on an agenda that is more clear and concise and gets back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Was this somebody coming to you and said, you fit all these roles? Or did you realize that yourself? A little bit of both. Um, I can tell you because, again, I talked to a lot of different individuals from throughout the community when I said, I am interested in serving in a different capacity than being a reporter. I'm thinking about this uh, opportunity where I could serve as a public servant. What do you guys think? And more and more feedback came in and people were saying, you do fit that role. Mm -hmm. And that is so encouraging to me because I still... I will get a little bit emotional thinking about the eight-year-old immigrant girl who didn't speak English to the 38-year-old woman who is being supported mm -hmm. verbally, financially, and just in general by a community that is so diverse, from business owners to hairstylists and cook. I mean, 
I had the wide support of a lot of individuals, and that makes me so proud to call myself a Wichitan, but also really uh, fuels me to continue in this campaign to try to represent all of Wichita. Before your introductory or your announcement press conference, you had to know how how well this collaboration was coming together. And then we all saw at that introductory press conference the, the different factions of Wichitans that were there supporting you. Uh, obviously, that has to play a part in a decision to run, I would think. Absolutely does. You know, April 2nd, 2023 was exactly 30 years from the day we came to Wichita, Kansas. So it was, number one, a celebration of the immigrant story of the American dream coming to fruition. My parents were there. My brother was there. It was just so beautiful to see all these people celebrating that immigrant story of the Wu family. And then I had the opportunity to say, I want to serve and I want to be your mayor. And that was just so heartwarming to see the different factions from all different backgrounds wanting to help this young woman become someone who really was grown to be a leader by this community. Mm -hmm. So I, I represent this community. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a believer that any time that there is a, an election where there is an incumbent, that, that part of, the, part of the, the race is about that incumbent's performance over four years. How do you think Brandon Whipple has done? I believe that the mayor's role is to be a bridge builder and a relationship builder, and that has not been carried out well. We have severed relationships between city council members, city staff, Wichita Police Department, Cedric County partners across the street, and our community. And that relationship is very critical for the role of mayor to carry out a vision that should be helping all of Wichita. And I don't think that role is being played out well. And I think that I can hear it from knocking on doors of individuals across our community. They want change. They want a new type of leadership that is more collaborative, that is bringing a fresh perspective to the table, but more importantly, energy. Mm -hmm. We need that in order to move Wichita forward. And as a young professional, trying to bring and retain young professionals in this community, we need that type of energy to encourage people to stay in our community and consider Wichita the best place. And I need them to also be the marketers of Wichita because the lead marketer will be the mayor and that's a role that's not being carried out right now. But as mayor, I would wanna be the lead marketer of this community and helping mobilize more of our community members to feel proud to say, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Let me tell you about the opportunities in this community. And that energy needs to be in the mayor's office in order for us to move forward. Is that because of the, the form of government we have in the city, the, mayor, the, the manager council form where, you, like you've said, a mayor is one of seven votes. Uh, you have a little more power than the other six council members, but not a ton. But it, to be the lead marketer is what you think is, a, is an essential role. Absolutely. I think that it's the mayor is an influencer, and that mayor should be the leader. But be mindful that you still will need consensus, and you, you'll need to have consensus building in order to move anything forward. Because again, the mayor, mayor's power is one vote. So you'll need at least four votes to carry out whatever the 
the vision is. And that type of leadership will require someone who's sensible and someone who is responsible and reasonable. And so I believe that in the current system that we work where the mayor's role is really one of more symbolic, um, that person can help energize this community to move forward with different topics. And I think that we do need to go back, and I, I think that I haven't shared this enough, that we need to go back to the basics. We need to get back to core services. What is the role of local government? Making sure core services are fully funded. And also making sure that we continue to strengthen and grow our community and our economy. That will mean that we need to continue retaining and recruiting talent into Wichita because we cannot move our community forward and grow it without bringing more people into our community. And we don't need to be the best kept secret anymore. We should sell Wichita as the greatest place to raise a family and the best place to start and grow a business. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into those questions as well. But in talking with mayoral candidates and, and seeing surveys from all of them, you get a wide range of grades for how Bob Layton has done as city manager. Tell, tell me your view of how he's done. Sure. I've had a relationship with him as a reporter and someone that I interview, and he's always been respectful uh, and uh, open with me. I don't know what that role is when you're in the city council and city manager's office, but I have heard that he has also been open with the council. What I believe needs to happen, though, is we need to have a clear and open audit, an outside audit of city government. Um, I know that there are audits that do happen at City Hall, but we need an outside audit to look into how city government is working. Is it working efficiently or inefficiently? And if it's working inefficiently, how can we get a better bang for our buck by making sure that processes are actually being efficient? And I also believe that we need to make sure that people are in the right seats, leadership are in the right seats, just like a um, a well-run business, you need to make sure that the leadership is in the right roles and being clear about what those roles are. And I, I do believe that having a, an audit will help us with that. Mm -hmm. um, what would be, you, you've talked about core services, but once you get past core services, which I think we all agree are really important for you know, whether you're a low-income person living in any part of town or, or you know, one of the richest people in town. What are some of your other priorities for Wichita? And I'm, I'm particularly interested in the business aspects of those. Yeah. Um, so my second pillar is about economy. And it's really about making sure that we have a future-ready workforce and emphasize higher-paying jobs. And one thing that I've done, even as a candidate, just going around our community, is talking to small business owners and large business owners. These are our employers in our community. And I've asked this question. When was the last time a city council member or a mayor has taken a tour of your business? And it's always crickets. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it's important that city council members and the mayor have a better relationship with our small and large businesses. And one thing I would like to implement is to make sure that our large employers, especially the top 100, should be having a, a conversation at least twice a year not just to come to city council to ask for something, but rather let's have a relationship and let's understand 
What is it that's working in your business? What are some needs? How can city government be less of a burden and more of someone that can help make sure that we cut some of that red tape so that small businesses can thrive and large businesses can continue growing? So we need to make sure that um, our business community, small and large businesses, are supported. Are we doing everything we can as a as a city government to help the small businesses? Obviously, it became easier after COVID with ARPA money, uh, but that ARPA money is running out. What can we do as a as a city government to help business owners, small business owners? Yeah, you know, I have seen on social media several times business small business owners who keep talking about the struggle that they have, not only in hiring people, but also not a lot of people are going into their businesses because again, the economy right now, we're all you know, working with a small amount of money and still having all these bills that we have to pay. And that is not the focus of you know, going to a restaurant or um, making sure that we help these small business owners. So we, we as city council members and mayors have this platform to help small business owners be recognized, more greater awareness of where they're at, what they're doing. Um, someone who is on social media and tries to share the good in our community that's one thing we can do as city council members is increase that awareness, communication. These don't cost money. And so that's the way that you can help small business owners. They need to be supported. They need to know that they are here in our community and people in our community need to know that they're there. Mm -hmm. You talked about core services and making sure they're fully funded. But as I mentioned, you know, you and I both know ARPA money is running out and the city knows that, that some really tough budget decisions are coming in the next few years uh, with, with budget deficits ahead. How would you go about as mayor leading that process to find the, 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 the cuts needed to get, to get where you need to be? You know, I, I said earlier about having an audit, and I think that that's where it starts. You need to, when someone especially uh, new comes into a role, I think you need to do a full evaluation of what currently exists and how everything is working. And that audit should help with finding some inefficiencies. I do believe that public safety should be the number one priority of local government. And that includes fire, police, um, public works. Make sure that our roads are all functioning. And I know that even knocking on doors, I get so many complaints about potholes. And so... I understand that we need to get back to those core services, and that's really where local government should be focusing on. When we have a, a safe community that is uh, public safety is truly the number one priority, and then we have an economy that is growing, people will want to come to Wichita and want to stay in Wichita. Mm -hmm. um, on the business side, you know, Jeff Longwell was, was characterized as being too close to business uh, and it might have led to his defeat in 2019. What is your view on how closely a, a, a mayor should be associated with, with development leaders especially, but other business leaders as well? Yeah. Well, development is important for growth. I think a lot of people might not know, but development is how you get those hotels, the affordable housing, the, the restaurants that you want. I know a lot of people still want the Cheesecake Factory. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's developers who help bring that into our community. And that's how we can create a better quality of life in Wichita. So development is not a bad thing. Developers are not bad people. 
but we cannot have backroom deals, sweetheart deals, things that are happening behind closed doors. They need to be out in the open. And transparency is critical in having that relationship between businesses and local government. I believe that real estate developers and my boyfriend's family is one of them. My boyfriend is a real estate developer, but he and his family who are respected and philanthropic in our community helped develop an east side property, the waterfront, without taxpayer money, without incentives. And that's what we need to focus back on. Developers will be taking risks and we should let the markets work and let the community decide whether that development works or not. Public-private partnerships are important, but again, they have to have a long-term and exceptional return on investment for our community first. That needs to be the top priority, not just giving away handouts to people, uh, to developers. And so I think that what's going to happen is you need a leader that is not afraid to stand up to insiders. And as an outsider and someone who has been holding public officials accountable for the past 12 years, I believe that that's why you need someone new like this in that role. Uh, how do you think the council has done in recently, and I'm not just talking about the last four years, but even before Mayor Whipple, in terms of using TIF districts, CIDs, uh, star bonds districts? How Have they overused those? Have they underused those? I think that those incentives, um, some of them have not been prudent, and we need to be more responsible about when we ask for these districts. What I, I think needs to happen, though, is the community needs to understand what they are first. TIFs, SIDS, they, they don't understand them enough. Communication needs to be clear first so that the community understands, oh, okay, so this is the reason why. But making sure that when we do give out incentives such as a TIF district, et cetera, we need to make sure that we are um, making sure that they're uh, exceptionally exceptionally bringing back a good return on investment and there are clawbacks um, in case these developers don't fulfill their promises and we need to hold these developers accountable too. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about one project that that got off the ground kind of it was the Riverfront Stadium project to, to bring the baseball team here and then we found out about the land deal around the stadium which really hasn't gotten going. Been, we've talked about plans for a hotel but it really hasn't taken off. Uh, are you disappointed, frustrated, mad about the lack of progress there? I'm disappointed in that progress. There is not, um, there was not a clear uh, leadership to help with the most difficult problem, and that was actually the East Bank. Mm -hmm. Instead, we chose to do the West Bank, and I think that it's important that when we look at the vision for Wichita, we need to make sure that it is respecting our history, but also representing our future. And the East Bank, Century 2, the Performing Arts, the Convention Center area, that needs attention. And past leadership have, have just kicked the can down the road. And so I am frustrated. I think that that is a disrespect to the rest of the community to not have focused and talked about that specific area first. So. I know that there are plans now to really focus on the East Bank, and that plan 
has a big price tag, but we need a clear definition of how it's going to be funded. I know from knocking on doors of neighbors around this community that they're trying to make ends meet. And there's no sentiment of raising taxes. They, they already had their property taxes increased yet again this year. So they're already burdened enough. And so when I ask them questions about what do you think about downtown, that's not their top priority. Their top priority is about, I want to make sure that response times when I call the police go down so that I can move on with my life after whatever that incident is. So we, again, need to go back to the basics. But uh, the idea, going back to what should happen downtown, it really should be left to the people to make a decision on what should happen downtown. But it, it needs to have a clear definition of a plan and a clear financial plan also for the community to see before they can vote on anything. You said uh, respecting the past while looking ahead towards the future. That sounds like a Century 2 question waiting to be asked to me. Uh, what do you think we should do with Century 2? You know, I have so many fond memories of Century 2, and as a matter of fact, we use Century 2 every year. So I've been part of an organization called the Wichita Asian Association for the past 20 years. I've led that organization as a past president and continue to lead um, as a cultural pageant director. And we use it for the Wichita Asian Festival, mm -hmm. and we are thankful for the space because our festival has now grown from 6,000 to 12,000 people. So we need that space. So we're thankful that we're able to utilize that. But we also know that there are challenges in that building. I mean, now we have more demands on Wi-Fi or accessibility within a round building that sometimes is not conducive to bringing in big equipment. And so functionally, it needs help. What should happen to Century 2? Well, it should be left to the community to, again, decide. Mm -hmm. um, I respect uh, that it has been part of our uh, landscape and our skyline. It's even in some of my material. So I respect that building. But I also believe that our community also wants to see more in that skyline. And they want to see what Wichita should be. And we're, we should be proud of our heritage as an air capital of the world, of our aviation industry. But we also need to start thinking about the future. And what I'm excited about is seeing, um, you know, microchips, uh, just cybersecurity. These are all industries that are coming into our community and saying, wow, Wichita is a great place to also set up our headquarters here. So we can diversify. And that's a good thing. But again, going back to the respect of the past, making sure that the past, whether uh, how we created Wichita, our aviation industry, Century 2, are respected, but also thinking about how to move forward as well. Mm -hmm. uh, are you under the belief that, that any performing arts, which is not part of the current plan for the East Bank, has to be done with private investment? I think that our community is such a giving community, and I know that there are so many philanthropic individuals here and again, we need to lean closer to those individuals, the private dollars to help us with, with the investment into performing arts. And they do. Uh, I mean, go to a music theater of Wichita event or an opera event, and you will see that it is being invested on by community members. So that investment needs to continue. And I think that, again, it's the people who are paying for the, that service and that amenity. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to ask you a question that I know will not offend you because you are a reporter at heart. So, and you you question things just like I'm, I'm going to question. You say you're an outsider, but are you really an outsider? Because you are so well connected uh, in the community over your 12 years in in, in professional journalism and, and otherwise. Is it is it really fair to call you an outsider? You're right. So I'm a political outsider. Okay. I don't have the political experience, but again, political experience is something that has gotten us into this mess. So why not have a fresh perspective of a real community member, someone who was invested on by taxpayers through my education? I mean, when I talk about Wichita Public Schools, I always want to remind, especially young people, a free education really means someone else was paying for it. And that's taxpayers investing in you. And I want to make sure that the investment that this community made on this young lady now is a good return on investment. So that's why I want to give back. I want to make sure that when someone invests in me, I will be able to not only give back the, the expected return, but go above and beyond. And that's why I always talk about hard work because None of this is easy, whether it was a reporter, whether it was learning English for the first time, being an immigrant in a new community, and being a political outsider. These are not easy, but I'm learning, and I'm learning fast, and it's also thanks to my love for listening and really understanding this community. And so, yes, I'm a political outsider, but I'm also an insider of Wichita. Mm -hmm. I understand Wichita because I've been listening to Wichitans all my life. Along those lines, you have been an adult for about 20 years. You've been a professional journalist for a dozen years. And, and I'm not going to shock anybody by saying reporters have opinions too. I'm curious, having been around the city for 20 years as an adult, who you think some of our best mayors have been and who would you try to emulate? Some of the best mayors we've seen in the last 20 years or so. Um, I know that Carl Brewer was someone that I had good relationship with, even as someone in the community because of the way that he led. He wanted to be a bridge builder, and he wanted to work w along different factions. Um, I was a schooner mate back in the day, so I represented uh, East High at River Festival, and... I love that experience. Um, so during that time, I know that the mayors that were around just Riverfest have always been people that I, I um, admire because they were present. They were there. Not only there, but active. So those are the type of people that I, I want to emulate and I want to look as um, a role model for the role of mayor. And But it's been a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> since we've had that. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I do want to ask you about your campaign flyer, which I've been a registered, registered voter in Wichita for 38 years, and I must say I have never seen an 8.5 by 11 full-color, four-page mailer, especially for a mayor's race. Um, a pretty penny was spent on this. What you know, The campaign finance reports are going to come out July 24th, a week before the election. What are they going to show? How much money have you raised? My heart has been filled with so much gratitude, knowing just how much people are investing in someone who is a political outsider, wanting to see change. And I'm so grateful for that. And that is the reason why this mailer 
is about me. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be voting on individuals. You're going to be voting on a person, the character of that person. And I want people to know my story. I want people to know who I am and how I will operate in leadership. And so, yes, that mailer cost a little pretty penny, but it was also intentional in trying to reach more people, Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated, and libertarians. So it was not just for one faction of our community, because I want to, again, represent all of our community, and you should get to know me as an individual. And I want to remind people that this is a nonpartisan race, and you're only going to have a list of names with nothing next to anybody's names. And that is the beauty of local politics, and it should remain that way. Nonpartisan, because you're representing all of Wichita. And my story of growing up in this community and being invested by this community is now a testament to how they're supporting me in a run for mayor. They believe in me because I was grown here and I was grown by the people of this community. And so I'm so grateful that I will have so much support, financial and support just vocal, but I need them to get out to vote on August 1st. And that is one thing that maybe people don't understand. The reason why politicians have to send you mailers, and sometimes they might be annoying, so I am so sorry about that, (laughs) or you might not like that, knock on the door. But the sad part is not many people vote. The last mayoral primary only had 23,600 people vote. That was a voter turnout of 10%. That is sad. That does not represent my community. Mm -hmm. This community is one that truly is about people. And so now is your opportunity to vote on a person because only the top two will move on to the November 7th election. And August 1st is critical because we have a crowded race. And so, yes, I had to invest money into this mailer, this big investment, because I need people to get out to vote, get energized to say, I want my voice heard. And you will have that opportunity and your vote will matter. Mm -hmm. Well, Lily, good good luck to you, and on the August first primary, and, and it's it's fun to see journalists running for office. That it, it's it's fascinating to me. Uh, and if you're one of the final two after that, we hope to have you back before the November election. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much, Kirk. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode three hundred nineteen. We'll have the final two in our series of mayoral candidate interviews next week. A reminder that early voting for the August first primary begins July seventeenth. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.